Welcome to the VVV Podcast. Today, we are joined by Manny, Cardinal's Business Development Officer. Cardinal is a Solana protocol that enhances the utility of NFTs by allowing minters and holders to issue them to beneficiaries with intrinsic caveats governing the receipt and ownership. To accomplish this, the protocol requires a wrapper around a Solana NFT that facilitates programmatic management of its lifecycle according to any number of issue-specified parameters. Its modularity allows for a wide range of use cases including rentals, identity tokens, tickets, subscriptions and expiring items. All right. Amazing. Thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you guys for having us. This is awesome. Yeah, likewise. So um, first things first, I think the most important thing would be if we could briefly introduce Cardinal, i.e. what you guys do, what you're building, where you're going. And then you could give us a brief overview of the team and of your role personally, of course. Yeah, sure. So I'm Manny, head of uh, business development at Cardinal Labs. We are a Solana protocol that enables conditional ownership of NFTs. Um, and we're doing this through uh, rentals, staking, ticketing, and a lot more, which I, I guess we'll get to soon. But uh, yeah, essentially anything that deals with NFT utility on Solana, we are right there at the head of it. And uh, we have our hand in probably most projects you see on this chain, I'd say. Yeah, I've noticed you guys are pretty much everywhere and uh, um, seemingly also very well respected uh, in the Solana ecosystem. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, so so we, we have um, three major pillars, if you will, um, when it comes to utility. One would be staking. So we have, as far as I'm concerned, the only on-chain non, uh, non-custodial escrowless staking. We've processed you know, hundreds of thousands of, of staked NFTs now, which is fantastic for us. If you look at our rental marketplace, which would be pillar number two, we've done today now, I, I think today we've surpassed 25,000 rentals. We're also the only rental marketplace on Solana. So that's pretty cool. And then ticketing, which is one we're most excited for, would be our third pillar where uh, we, are, we are trying to tackle NFT ticketing, which seems to me like the obvious use case when it comes to uh, Web3 and, and NFTs and, and, and the blockchain, right, is, is to have ticketing. We've already partnered with not just um, big artists, but doing events uh, across the world using, you know, our NFT utility. So our NFT ticketing, sorry. So uh, that that's probably what we're most excited for. And then using some of our protocols, you have different use cases, uh, whitelist allocations, vesting, etc. So we can get into some of that if you like as well. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind, could you elaborate on what the ticketing system is actually doing in practice. Yeah, sure. So we, we actually just released this for early access beta to some select partners, uh, I believe two weeks ago now, or a week and a half ago, where uh, any project uh, or company can create an event on our site. You're going to be able to distribute and sell tickets. If you would like to, they'll, they'll live as NFTs in the user's wallet where they'll be able to claim it. And then you can scan we have a scanning feature that also lined up where you can get to an event scan your nft it'll confirm on chain if if you're the owner it'll verify ownership and you'll be able to get into an event of course these nfts can serve as poaps so proof of attendance and and after the fact companies or projects that are throwing these events can still interact with those that went to the event via airdrops etc so yeah it's a full-fledged end-to-end solution for for nft ticketing that any project will soon be able to to create 
And how would the staking work in practice? Can you give us an example of, you know, uh, an NFT collection reduces the staking feature which you're offering? Yeah, awesome. So uh, stake, staking is actually pretty cool where anyone... So in traditional staking, if, if you go back, um, essentially you deposit this NFT into a staking pool and it'll be out of your wallet. The issue with that is it still wouldn't be in your wallet, so you'd have a hard time accessing... Uh, different Discord channels, DAO channels, um, etc. NFT gated content online. Uh, for us, it was well, we can make this non-custodial, where you'll deposit this into the same stake pool, but you'll receive a wrapped version of that NFT, right? That is non-transferable in your wallet. It'll be frozen there. So what this does is you can still access Discords, you can still access those same channels or anything that's token gated online, or even if it's a game and, you, and you're staking, you know, let's say a weapon or a skin, you'd still be able to stake but have it in your wallet where you can use it in the game. So there's a lot of use cases for this. Um, as we continue going forward, we're seeing, you know, different use cases arise. There's been a, a project recently that's now integrating this in our identity stuff to, to have, you know, staked uh, NFTs be their PFPs on Twitter. And if both of those match, they get the rewards. Like there, there's many different use cases for this. And the rental system, it's probably, uh, you know, pretty straight, straightforward. Um, but could you maybe explain the reasoning why you chose Solana uh, over Ethereum? Is there some technical limitations where this wouldn't work on Ethereum? Or, you know, have there been more reasons playing into your decision making? Yeah, so so for, for the core team, which is, is five of us, we've been in Solana in day one. And there's a few reasons, right? Solana for us was, you know, not just the fastest, the most cheapest, efficient, economical uh, chain, but it helps us build at the speed we want. So like, for example, with this rental marketplace in mind, the, the, the natural use case for rentals, uh, and, and for that matter, scholarships as well, was was gaming, right? And Gaming, we feel, should probably live on Solana unless it's like, you know, maybe Polygon or something when, when you're talking about EVM chains. But even then, like Solana gives you so much room to build, uh, you know, most of the games on chain. So for us, it was like, well, if we're going to build this rental platform that most games are going to use, then yeah, Solana probably makes the most sense for us. And when you look at our rental platform, you, by the way, you can visit this platform at rent.cardinal.so. And you'll see that our top collection on here is an actual game. It's it's Mini Nations, Mini Royale on, on Solana. Um, so, so, so yeah, it, it was just a no-brainer for us to be on Solana, apart from us being fans. And it let us build exactly what we wanted to. On ETH, yeah, this is a little more challenging as, as things do change a little bit. Uh, I think the token standard there needs to be a little bit different. But, yeah, for, for, for the most part, I, I think Solana just checked all our boxes. All right. Thank you. Can you elaborate a little bit on the team's background when it comes to NFTs and blockchain in general? I'm sorry, repeat that. I couldn't get that. Yeah. Can you share some more information around the team and their background regarding NFTs and blockchain? Yeah, for sure. So uh, we're a team of five. I was actually all together. Um, they were at Apple, Goldman Sachs before, and uh, when they had a, a clear vision of what they wanted to do, crypto was obviously the the main interest amongst all of us um but when we found a, a niche that we wanted to tackle and, and something we want to do on our own they they took the initiative to start the company start cardinal about it's almost a year now so i, I believe it was november december of last year uh when, when this started and it was just you know basic staking and 
then looking at how we can implement conditional ownership. That way we could have, uh, you know, more possibilities in what we could do with our NFTs. It's a team that naturally just wants to do the hard stuff uh, and not so much the easy stuff. And that started with staking, but has now transitioned all the way to ticketing and much more. Uh, we, we found at a different hacker house, we found Avi, uh, another engineer of ours who went to Berkeley and then myself doing business development now uh, was, I joined about two months ago now, but it's, I've known them for quite a while as we've done work in the past before. So officially it's been two months, but, and it also feels like we're all friends tackling one major goal, which is, you know, adoption and, and getting some real world use cases, not just for Solana, but for Web3 in general. And what's the personal driver of being part of the team and building Cardinal? Yeah, it's just I, I would love for Web3 and blockchain to be integrated into our daily lives, right? Like for us, when we saw the ability to uh, create a ticketing solution where an actual artist, uh, a musician that has a concert tour reached out to us saying he wants his tickets to be NFTs. Dude, that is awesome. You know, that is awesome. So let's so let's do it. It's not even it's not even monetarily speaking. It's just it would be cool to see a stadium or an arena of people using our solution to get in. Like for, for us, that just drives us and motivates us. Right. If if we can gamify, if we could change the game of, 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 of video games, I think that would be pretty cool. The way people play Fortnite or, or Call of Duty today, if that in 10 years could be different and it's using our technology, I mean, that that'll be fun for us to see as well too. So it's just how can we get the normal world using this without them knowing they're using crypto or, or Web three is, is what really drives us. And so so far so good. I I like to think we work pretty quickly and and we're, we're seeing our solutions being adopted more and more every day. So when did Cardinal get founded? Yeah, it was about December of twenty twenty one. I think officially, yeah. And um, with a lot of potential to expand in the future and with the $4.4 million which you have in funding, what are your efforts to get more liquidity for development or a bigger team? Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, I don't think we necessarily want a huge team per se. I, I think with what we have now, we work extremely efficient. We are pretty much pros and experts using our protocols, which, again, are, are what opening up what is opening up possibilities on, on Solana and, and NFTs and, and different utilities. Like for us, uh, as long as we can be quick, fast and efficient, I think we can continue growing. Uh, of course, because of staking and how we monetize the staking and the rental platforms, like that is something that we can just, you know, prioritize to grow over time, but it's not something that's manual and we need to collect payments or like we have subscriptions of any, like just using our protocol, I think is for us what, what's important. Uh, it's just more volume, um, and, and if we keep it as close to free or, you know, as, as economical as possible for other projects to use, then our incentives are aligned in the sense that we're going to keep growing, which which for us is great. Um, we, we still are looking for just maybe one more engineer or, or dev to, to help us out. But for now, keeping a small team lets us work more efficiently and quicker than, than, than others. You know, it's interesting because we had a AMA with NFTFI uh, very recently who... If you're not aware of them, they, they do provide um, a platform for loans against NFTs. And in their case, the NFT remains in the wallet, excuse me, the, the NFT got, comes into a custodial wallet in the smart contract of NFTFI, which means um, while you take out a loan, you cannot 
um, benefit from the utility of the NFT. And they do work on a solution for that as well. Um, but do you guys have any intentions to potentially also provide loans um, with, with NFTs as collateral on Solana? So, so not us, but we do have partners that do that. So on Solana, we work with a company called Sharky, Sharkify, um, and, and they use our our token manager in their in their platform as well. So, yeah, it's it's not totally based off our stuff, but they are using our protocols to make stuff like that happen. So, although we're not tackling it, we do partner with other loan companies that do, and and, and that's probably the biggest one. So, yeah, that's actually a a pretty interesting question. <laughs> that, that's pretty cool. And in which of those three pillars do you see the most potential? It has to it has to be ticketing, right? Um, staking is great, but I think it's just at least for now it's focused primarily on on NFTs only and and projects and 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 how they use staking. Uh, rentals is pretty cool, but we think gaming is still a long ways to go. So when gaming comes to fruition and becomes the norm in our society, then we can see our rental platform becoming huge. But we still think that's still a couple of years away. Uh, as far as ticketing is concerned, that is by far the most lucrative in our mind, right? Um, when uh, again, we we had a we had now a, a a partnership with an artist that was starting now at the end of this month. I think he delayed his tour, but it's a it's a concert tour, and, and imagine just having many you know, venues and, and artists and, and comedians and musicians and everyone just using your ticketing platform uh, is a huge draw for them, uh, just like it is for us. So, yeah, we, we, we can see this ticketing thing taking off quite a bit. And, and, and it's already starting. Although it's brand new, still in beta, we, we have had a lot of interest in, in using this platform. So for us, we, we definitely think it's ticketing, yeah. And what's the USP for your ticket and ticketing platform? Like, how do you pitch an artist to use your platform? Why, why wouldn't they work on their own NFT collection, for example? Or, you know, why wouldn't they go uh, to Ethereum or to, um, I don't know how, ma how much competition you have, but could they also go to a competitor, for example? So what sets you apart from them? Yeah, for sure. So so on Solana, there there really isn't many competitors. I, I, I don't think we know of one. I know there's one trying to build, but they, ha they don't have a working product yet. Our, ours is a working product. So, and, and, I'll, and I'll give you from, from the artist's point of view right when the reason they want to come into to, to nft ticketing anyway is because of scalpers and them not receiving any royalties right so for take 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 a random artist for example that is throwing a concert the tickets go on sale and immediately it's a bunch of scalpers buying hundreds if not thousands of these to then relist them for double triple quadruple the price um so for someone like me that actually wanted to go to the concert I have to buy at these exorbitant prices, which creates a really bad user experience for me, right? So the artist in turn is saying, if I'm going to lose out my real fans having bad experiences because of scalpers just trying to make money, then I should be the one receiving these royalties and not websites like Ticketmaster, StubHub, etc., right? So what, what they're looking for is a, a ticketing solution that not only they could sell tickets, but if someone is going to sell immediately on secondary markets, they get a portion of that revenue. That way they're not losing out, right? Because essentially the scalper's not doing anything. He's not the one singing, right? It's 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 the artist. So creator royalties is huge. And then number two is after the fact, knowing exactly who went to the concert, who scanned to get in, and airdropping them not just different experiences, but you know, coupons to, to merch. And if if you have a restaurant like Bad Bunny does, you can give me a twenty five percent off if I went to your concert. Like the the possibilities are endless, right? Um, and, and again, if you want to do this 
in a more efficient scale all on chain so everything can be verified, Solana has to be the solution. Um, we, as far as I know, the ETH competitors have a lot of this done off chain, which defeats the purpose of a blockchain as well, too. Um, the more you can do on chain, the better. And that's definitely Solana. So not only are we the best on Solana, which I, I, I think we are, we might be the only ones for now. So for me, it's probably a no brainer. Was it coincidence that you mentioned Bad Bunny or do you have any potential collaborations or events planned with him? <laughs> uh, we are we are in the same we are there when it comes to the agency we're just not a bad bunny yet <laughs> I'll, I'll <laughs> uh, yeah, big, he's a really cool artist uh, I like him a lot yep, for um, sure. what does the timeline look on expansion and what change uh, excuse me what chains are you looking at if you plan to expand at all yeah I think the EVM chains are, are, are the natural you know, next step for us. Can we do stuff on ETH or, or does it have to be on Polygon, etc.? Um yeah, that's where we're looking at now. We have not started. We do we do have a lot of interest here. Um and and also people that would love to invest in a solution for ETH and, and, and that chain. Uh but as of right now it's just a thought. It's not it's not something we're taking action on, at least not yet. Uh but we're definitely thinking about it. And how do you see the future, especially current in the current market conditions, how do you see the future for the NFTs at the moment? I've seen many of these Solana collections get a lot of traction, and I've also seen many of the collections on ETH plummeting and losing traction. So do you see a trend there? Do you see like an opportunity to just double down on Solana much rather than going to ETH right away? Yeah, I, 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 that's interesting because uh, for us being native in Solana, we just see the possibilities. And, and I'm saying this not as an NFT trader. I'm saying this as a as a true builder in on, in this side, right? It's there, there's so much possibilities and things you can do on 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 Solana that uh, it's it's not that it's not possible on ETH. It's just a little more challenging, right? Um, it's a little bit slower. It's a little bit more expensive. Um, Stuff has to go off chain in order for it to work correctly. Uh, like it's there, there's just some limitations that for us that we like moving so fast and building so fast, it just makes it that much harder, right? So, um, do, do I see why? I, I don't necessarily see why, but um, and, and I think ETH because it came first maybe still has the upper hand, but I encourage even even people that are ETH maxis per se, don't 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 be stuck on one chain, right? Just at, at least check out Solana and see what's possible. I, I think you'll find a lot of things, not just are different, but move a lot quicker. It's a lot more efficient. It's cheaper. It's all that stuff matters, right? Especially when you want to onboard uh, casuals and, and, and the normies into this space. And, and I think, you know, Solana does that pretty well. I, I'd suggest everyone just at least try it. Yeah, it's very important to be open-minded. Uh, especially in this space. And after all, we all got into crypto because we saw an opportunity. So I would encourage everyone to check out Solana as an ecosystem as a whole and also to take a deeper look into Cardinal and explore all the possibilities. I personally think that the, the renting, I think, is going to, be, to play a very crucial role in the future, especially when it comes to gaming. I think that the renting is probably going to be the backbone um, of making certain high demand games even accessible to individuals when the in-game assets become way too expensive for a normal po person to actually own them. And I think the renting, you know, just like people uh, rent a, a Lambo for a day, 
you know, I think there's probably going to be events where people rent in-game assets for one day just to, to have the experience, just to maybe walk around with a certain skin or have a specific weapon or, or car or, you know, you know, just to for the prestige as a whole. Yeah, so so ga- gaming for us is probably the biggest thing, right? Um, if you're looking at 10 years down the line when, you know, if gaming takes off in Web3 and it becomes a norm, then, then you're totally right. Like being able to rent and have ownership of your assets and do whatever you want with them is 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 is, is huge. Um, and, and, and for us, I, like I told you, we, on our rental marketplace, the biggest collection with the most rentals by far is, is already a game. It's, uh, it's actually not even close. It's a game. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think this is, this is huge. Reaching 25,000 rentals so early in our rental marketplace's lifespan is, is pretty huge for us. And, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, we're, we're pretty excited about that. Yeah, and I can see why. There's, there's definitely a lot of potential there. What are some of the milestones which you want to achieve towards the end of the year? Yeah, so I'd love it if we can uh, reach maybe 50,000 rentals, I, I think would pr- be pretty cool. Um, another thing is because of this token manager protocol that we use in our staking rentals, etc., we we are focused on you know providing launch pads, whether that's Magic Eden or soulport or hyperspace or whoever the ability to lock up nfts and and have vesting schedules for nfts whitelists have been a huge uh topic of discussion over the last month or two when it comes to you know how much is being allocated to who and influencers and advisors and do they dump on people etc etc we could prevent all of this by by vesting and and having their tokens locked up for a period of time and all again, all on chain, ha- not have the ability to, to transfer them or sell them. And then, you know, on a certain date or time, they'll be unlocked where they can do whatever they want. That, that'll prevent not just dumping on the public, but uh, it, it'll be all transparent on chain. And you know exactly who's holding what, who's getting paid for certain things. And it, not, not just in money, but in NFTs as allocations and stuff, too. So uh, that, that's something we're currently working on and see, see pretty good traction there. It's interesting that you mentioned it because that's what we actually did for our collection. So we, instead of having a regular mint, we minted all of our NFTs into a vault, meaning one of our brand-owned wallets. And then for the first phase of the mint, we distributed um, 1,300 out of the 5,000 NFTs in total to everyone who was early and participated in the earliest round of the mint. And now for the second phase of the mint, people could mint the NFT at a large discount of the floor price on OpenSea, but they didn't get the NFT right away, but the NFT is now vested or locked up for 12 months. And it's, Wait, is this just using airdrops or how are you guys doing this? No, you so, minted it all in one wallet and then... What? Yeah, so the way we did it is we minted them all in one wallet and we have deployed a smart contract where we can now send those NFTs to. And then when I lock them up in the smart contract, I do su- supply the token ID and I do su- supply the wallet of the person who can then unstake the NFT from that smart contract. But they can only unstake the NFT after 12 months and I cannot access the NFT during the staking period. And even afterwards, it's, it's inaccessible for me. So I can only, um, you know, send the NFT once 
and then the only person who has still access to it afterwards is the person whose wallet got submitted alongside the NFT. Uh, so, so if I was one of those persons that got like an early allocation or whatever, and I have to wait that time, while I'm waiting, am, is there a way that I could access, you know, whatever is token gated by this NFT, say like a Discord or like, yeah, can I be a verified holder or something? Or how does that work? Exactly. Yeah. So ideally, so we could have solved it um, in, in, a, in an automatic way because the, so we have two features. We have one is the, the, the way in which we distribute the NFTs uh, throughout the different minting phases. And the other one is just a, a general staking contract where people can stake the NFT for either six or for 12 months. And then once the NFT is staked, it, um, it gets sent to the smart contract but people receive a reward token and that reward token is a rented NFT, meaning they get the reward token, but the token cannot be sold or transferred or traded. And after those six months, after 12 months, that reward token gets sent back to the smart contract automatically and they get back the initial original NFT, which they sent. Got it. Okay, cool. So it's with a reward token. That that's what I was trying to figure out. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah our, our our solution is is semi similar, but it's once you mint the NFT, you actually have it in your wallet. Everything is just normal, except you're not able to transfer it or anything. It's just frozen in there. Um, and after a certain period of time, whatever that time is, it'll get unlocked, and then you're able to freely do whatever you want with it. But yeah, it the the idea is similar. I guess this this one is in practice just very fluid and, and easy to understand it's nothing really changes yeah um, but trust me i would have preferred if there wasn't uh, a pre-made solution out there because this this it did cost a lot of money and it was a huge hassle to set everything up so i would much rather have preferred a way which is 100 percent automated and also which directly lets people have the nft in their wallets still because even if the reward token it, it's not 100 percent ideal so I can definitely see the, the use case for what you're building. And I also think it's, it's needed for the NFT space as a whole, because when you look at any of those top tier um, projects with very uh, polished tokenomics, the vesting schedules play a huge role. So why would you even ever launch an NFT collection without any form of a vesting schedule where people can just freely dump their tokens and destroy the project as a whole. I think it's much more healthy for the ecosystem if you are very selective, especially with the influencers which you which you get on board, because you know, for the for the sake of the popularity of the project, it's probably good to have them. But I think you also want to have to keep them accountable to a certain degree and not allow them to have any leverage over the project as a whole. Yeah, we, we've seen some some use cases where, you know, again, it was using like some sort of airdrop system where you just have to trust that the person airdropping isn't going to do it ahead of time or the influencers aren't going to dump, et cetera. And it's happened where, yeah, they, they completely dump on people within 30 minutes of, of minting out, which is far from ideal considering they promised something completely different, right? So having this all on chain and automated is is something we, we take pride on and we're, we're happy to give it, by the way, we're happy to give it to any launchpad or anything for free to implement for, for upcoming mints. This isn't something we charge for. Okay. Um, and also, like, if I, I assume you would love this to be an ETH a little more. Well, I mean, I, I can't rule out that we're not going to ETH or anything. But if there's strong enough demand, I mean, there's definitely a world where we just go cross chain and make this available to everyone on ETH as well.
and sounds great. And I think having, and obviously, you know, this depends on the uh, on educating the communities and the audience as well. But I think having tokenomics in place and not just distributing the entire collection on one day and leaving the rest up to the market or market makers or you know the project itself manipulating the floor price i I think it's it's going to be preventing a lot of bad actors from dumping or from exploiting certain collections so i think for the future uh you know if you guys can become the preeminent provider um in that regard i think it's going to be very beneficial for for the entire nft space yep i think you're totally right the various now investors and you know prominent people influencers have have reached out asking for the same solution not just with vesting but but many different things that the token manager is capable of it's extremely versatile so uh yeah we, we we hear this and hopefully we can we can get there sooner rather than not so we have one more question by the community which is what is the use case of cardinal protocol in the identity context are you going to provide some full-fledged digital id solution or will it be only linked to social account id integration yeah very good question so although it probably wouldn't be us doing the full identity solution that you envision uh, we are partnering with companies that are tackling this so um I, I, i'm actually not sure if i could even mention the name i'd rather not just so we don't get in trouble but uh, there are some bigger companies trying to tackle this, whether that's through passports or, or truly on-chain identification. Uh, for now, we, we do have all these social aspects where you can, in, you know, interact on-chain with, with any dApp or whatever. And you'll see instead of like a wallet address, you'll see your GitHub or your Twitter or your Discord. Uh, we're soon going to add Instagram and others. All, all that will be what we do for now. And of course, those same identity functions are the same one that, PFP staking or Twitter staking is now using. I, I briefly mentioned before that there's uh, a project now that's if you have your PFP on Twitter as your your NFT, your, sorry, your, your Twitter image as your NFT, um, and you stake your 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 NFT on on whether it's through Cardinal or their site, you will get uh, tokens that way. And that's not just using our staking contract, but that's also using our identity contract. So uh, again, over time, we're, we're seeing more use cases of not just our staking, not just our rentals, but also our identity, which, which is pretty huge. So yeah, great, great question. I actually really like that question a lot. And I will be honest, you know, if I had known that you guys are around, we would probably have launched the collection on Solana, because especially the, the Twitter feature, that's something which I've thought about a lot, because I, I would like to have something similar where we reward people for changing their PFPs on Twitter. But it's it's very difficult to do in, in practice without the tools on the backend. Sure. So, so to be fair, we didn't do this ourselves, right? It wasn't something that we initially thought of when we created our identity solution or even our staking solution. But when you combine the two and then you know add a custom wrinkles around it, yeah, you're able to create a solution where you know Twitter staking is now possible as long as you have the PFP on your Twitter. So that, that that's pretty cool. We, we love when builders, you know, use our protocols and, and continue to innovate. And this is definitely one way they're doing that. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a shame you didn't reach out earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we, you know, the, the issue is that we had to have the project first before we could contact you, right? <laughs> it's like yeah. a chicken and the egg problem. 
Um, so, you know, I, I have a question because there's, um, there's different opinions on this. And I'm very curious to, to get your take on it because you guys have been networking uh, a lot with different projects. And um, can you tell me how important is it to have the ecosystem built out and the ecosystem being attractive and the features which you offer being attractive and just having that and relying on having it being attractive enough to attract builders and users who then use your platform versus having that product and then combining that effort with networking and potentially with marketing. Like where do you see the need to double down on? Yeah, so for us, our since day one, I think the main goal of Cardinal is to is adoption of our protocols, whether that's uh, you know our staking or or even using our rental features or, or, or using our token manager to do whatever you want in your project. Like first of all, all this is open source and audited, right? So any project is free is free to use anything we offer. And and since day one, it's been how can we get more people using our protocols? It's not necessarily uh, you know, uh, building, you know, sustainable revenue for now, that'll come with, with volume and time. Uh, we, we just want this in the hands of as many projects and users as possible. So for us, it's, if we're going to, you know, entertain marketing efforts or, or combine marketing efforts with another, with another project and form partnerships, it's all with the same idea that let's build a solution or a partnership or a marketing campaign that can further, you know, advance, not just Soul, but again, Web3 using all of our protocols together. Um, so, 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 yeah, it, it still is today. Uh, I don't think that's going to change. Um, and any, any deal we do, we, we first think about how can we get, you know, another 1,000, 10,000, 100,000 users uh, inadvertently without them knowing using our protocol. And, and if we can do that, then we know we're on the right track. We are fulfilling our goals and we're growing as a company. So it all aligns pretty well. And I assume you're very proactive about building those partnerships or is it more like people coming to you? Uh, so, so we definitely have our, our, our fair share, like our discord, we use uh, a ticketing system there where we can provide support for people that still need it. So if you're looking to use our, 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 our protocols, we, we can definitely help you there. But for the most part, it's us reaching out, not just to, to web three companies, but web two companies as well. Like before I was on here, uh, I had a, a big directory list of, of ticketing sites that I need to reach out for. And I'm going one by one, sending personalized emails and messages to those guys, um, the same way that people are reaching out to us. So it's, it's a little bit of both, but um, we're, we're not, we're not content. We're, we're going to keep pushing as much as we can. And we truly want to build this and it's not going to come by us just sitting here on our hands. I'm proactively going out. Our team is actively working and, and we're actively helping people that need the help in our community. And, and that's, I'm not sure if you, if you've seen the same thing, but in many of the other ecosystems, you know, whatever they are building, I've seen a tendency to just focus on building and not so much on getting people actively involved. I think a lot of developers think that if they develop the best product, the users are going to come by themselves. But I think that's a dangerous assumption to make because you need to network and be, you know, have an active outreach in order to actually attract those people. Yeah, a hundred percent. Also, like. There, there's plenty of there's plenty of users out there that are even in crypto, even in Solana that don't know about Cardinal, right? And and, and our goal is 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 to change that. We don't have an NFT project, so it's not like 
we're out on Magic Eden or out, you know, shilling some of our bags or, or have a, a group of holders that are marketing for us. It's we're, we're a protocol first, right? We want to build and, and help out projects with their utility and how can we add more into this ecosystem. And in doing that, uh, we, we have to do the outreach ourselves. It isn't something that's going to sell itself, right? And it's the same way we go to big companies getting those partnerships. We're also going to the to the part, projects that are just starting today. And both are equally as important to us. And yeah, I think you're right. I think projects can lose sight of that, which which is a big misstep and a, and a big mistake on their part. And and there isn't you know there isn't a small enough or big enough fish in this in this partnership game or outreach game. I think both are equally important. Do you have a sales background, by the way, that you came up uh, with the approach, or is it just coincidence? I guess it's just coincidence. Uh, I, I did have an exit two years ago of a pretty big company I ran before, but uh, the challenge is what gets me. And and obviously the guys I work with are, are phenomenal. Um, we have a challenge ahead of us and, and that, that's just what we like. It's what fuels us. So uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. So let's go through a couple more questions um, by the community. Um, The next one is, I like that you encourage building on top of the protocol and there are all the links to the GitHub repositories on the website homepage. Do you already have external products integrating with Cardinal? Do you have some active partnerships if you can close them? Excuse me, if you can disclose them. Yeah, I mean, we we have so many. (laughs) I I don't even know where to begin. Um, Yeah, so so like I told you, I, I can just go through pretty much each one of our platforms. When it comes to staking... Uh, we have about 135,000, a little bit more now, um, with, with over 350 total stake pools. So if you consider those partnerships, yeah, we have a bunch of those. Our, our rental platform, which is uh, the latest platform, is there where we just reached today over 25,000 rentals. And for us, again, super exciting. We, we go from the top collections, the top games, to, to treasuries and guilds, to different uh, tools, analytics tools, token-gated tools. We, we, we do pretty much everything there as well. And then in our ticketing, yeah, we, we just got through ticketing. But yeah, artists, we're doing, there's a big Solana breakpoint event happening in Portugal later in about a month or two where, where we're doing events there. We're doing events in, in a small event in Germany coming up. Uh, an artist signed that's using our, our NFT ticketing platform for his VIP tickets. Yeah, we have, we have so many. I could be here forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great to hear. Um, so the follow-up question would be, how does your relationship with Metaplex look like? Will they implement your ideas into the ecosystem? And are you going strongly hand-in-hand with them in the future? Yeah, so, so we do have a, uh, a, a working relationship with them as well. I think when it comes to, you know, our token manager and how we use it and, you know, whether that's lockup settings or not and freeze authority, all these things are stuff that they're also trying to tackle as well too. Uh, I think you'll see now with stuff they're releasing that, they're trying to tackle this as well, but our, our, our goals are aligned, right? We want to further um, make Solana, you know, what it should be and, and make NFTs in particular, especially the utility, be the best it can be. So uh, both both of our, our, our goals are aligned. Uh, we work with them, you know, here and there, but um, they, they also have the same goals as us. So they're making their own products in the same sense we are. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that's a fair enough answer. Okay, thank you. The next question is, what role did or does Neo Ventures play in the development and future of Cardinal, seeing they played a big role during the pre-seed funding of Cardinal? 
This ties into my follow-up question. What factors does Cardinal look for when choosing VC funding partnerships? Yeah, so the same way Neo Ventures does this, um, we have a, an ongoing relationship with, uh, you know, some of the bigger players in our in our round, right? Um, we have uh, a schedule where we meet with these players or, or advisors if they're advising or, or if they have stuff they could help us with. So, so we wanted a round where it's not just, you know, money coming in, it's can we also partner in, in, in growing? Can you help us with communications and different partnerships? Like who, who do you know that can benefit from our protocols and can you get us in touch with them? It's not just a, 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 a round where we just wanted to raise and, and, you know, have runway and let us build, you know, we, we love hearing feedback. We love, uh, you know, sharing numbers, sharing how we can grow, what we're thinking and, and having people come back to us or these investors come back to us saying, you know, their thoughts, whether we're right or we're wrong, what can we look at if we're missing something, if they see something we should be building or have the capacity to build, like, can they give us advice in that front? Uh, having these ongoing relationships, I think, can be lost when, when you're raising around. Like, you, you just focus on the money sometimes and that's it. But we've done a good job of staying up to date with with most of those guys. And, and yeah, that, that that's pretty much how we use them. We, we're extremely grateful for not for not just you know, the round in particular, but how they help us after the fact, which is pretty important for us. Yeah, I agree. And in, in this market, even with less VCs being active, if you have a, a solid foundation, if you have a solid team, the trend which I've seen is that the demand for the project which, uh, with substance has actually increased. And the few active VCs which are still out there, they all want to get into the same project. So money really has become a commodity. And, you know, talking from a VC perspective, it really comes down to what do you bring to the table? And that has to go way beyond just money or introduction. It really has to become being an active partner who can help you succeed at a larger scale or increase your likelihood of success. Yeah, for, for us, we actually have some that opted into like recurring meetings every so often. So I don't know. For us, that, that that that's awesome. And and just even if the meeting has nothing in particular for that day or, or time frame, like it's still cool to go back and forth, share where we are, and 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 see where we can, you know, be better in in some areas, which which for us holds a lot of value. So yeah. And I think that should be really natural. If you invest into something, you should, you know, at least from my perspective, you should have continued interest in what's going on. Right. I I, I find it rather. Uh, you know, weird if, if someone invests and then they just go silent and, you know, it's just another uh, name in the portfolio. Yep, totally agree. So the next question is, what are the community-related use cases of the conditional ownership provided by Cardinal? You've mentioned some partnerships on Medium like D-Gods. Yeah, D gods. We actually we actually do a lot for D gods, and now now youths, which is going to be pretty cool if if you've heard of that collection. But I, yeah, I, I don't know if I'll share in particular about them. It's just uh, di different types of staking. I think is cool too. So like for example, we've done staking for a lot of projects, but um, in particular their situation, like how can we take staking to the next level and provide something that's not just you know, let me put it in a stake pool, get tokens, and then these Ponzi coins are not worth anything, you know? Like, how can we change that, make it more fun, make it more engaging? Um, th these are things we, we've thought about recently, uh, especially with D-Gods and Utes. And sooner rather than later, you're going to see what, what, what comes out, out out of that partnership. But yeah, just, just trying to make everything more fun and engaging for us 
and not make it boring and stale like it has been for 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 a while not just on soul but on eth as well uh yeah it is it is a pretty big challenge but one that we're up to and yeah you'll you'll, you'll see it come to fruition with those two collections if, if that's what you're wondering <laughs> okay that sounds exciting the next question is are you seeking any marketplaces to integrate your tech Yeah, we, we actually, so we have uh, reached out to every marketplace on Solana so far. Uh, unfortunately, this isn't um, available on ETH yet, but uh, and, and I believe we're missing two of the biggest players. Um, both have re shown interest and have verbally said they do want this. Just some, I, I don't know, you know, like some companies say yes, 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 but then never actually go through with anything. Like for us, we're at that level with, with, with a couple. Um, Magic Eden also has shown great interest, but again, we haven't gotten there. But yeah, for us, it's just a matter of implementing. If they want it, they can have it. Again, most of this is open source and audited. So any any launchpad can take this and roll with it and offer it to their customers, which for us would be fantastic. Um, it's just a matter of actually going through with it. And again, if they need help, uh, I mean, we're, we're available to, to help and, and get it figured out and implemented for them. So uh, it's just a matter of accepting if, if you're the launchpad. But yeah, we, we'd love to get this on every launchpad we can. Do you see any risk in everything being open source where someone could come in and more or less copy what you do and try to compete with you? Yeah, so, so this, is a, this is an interesting topic because more people in the industry want to see more open source software, right? More open source solutions where, you know, people can just build on top of and, and innovate that way, which we have, you know, we actually do everything is open source the issue is then you run into you know people copying and for example our rental platform yeah there's there's someone currently copying us right now um which we're not too fond of um and and we're really interested to see how they're going to just release a pro like if you ask us for help in the beginning and, and we actively try to help you and then later say you don't want any help anymore but are releasing another rental marketplace using our code yeah th that's pretty unethical if you ask us right and um Yeah, I guess that is the downfall of having something open source, which boils our blood, really. But, I mean, I guess that, that just comes with having everything open source and, and being able to, to, to share with the world what you're doing. I mean, you're eventually going to have people that do this. Uh, I, I will say, though, like, we innovate a lot quicker. Our stuff, you know, is of the highest quality. We, we have everything audited. We're currently going through an, a second audit. Like, th th all this is, is, is pretty expensive for new collections, so... Or, or new projects. So yeah, I, I'd love to see how they're going to innovate. But yeah, that, that's the only downfall, I guess, we see in, in open source and having open source code. Yeah, I mean, normally, you know, speaking from my experience, if someone has to copy what you do, they usually lack in all other areas to begin with. So even if they have the, the basics, they're not going to be able to execute, even if they have the, the basic foundation copied. Yeah, what's frustrating is that this said project also went through with like a mint and they sold out. It could be pretty frustrating, like if you look at it from our lens, right? So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's unfortunate, but I guess it's it's part of the equation. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's probably just a you know very pronounced issue with the space as a whole. I, I think the you know, the temptation to take something and make a quick buck, that's always going to be there. And I think until the entire communities have been educated a lot more, a lot of stuff will 
sell out, which really has no substance to it or which, which simply is just copy paste from something else. Yeah, it happens. So we have one technical question. Upon rental, the token is transferred to the borrower's wallet. How does the contract ensure that your token is not transferred during the rental period? How does that work? Yeah, so it's just, it's not the token. The token gets wrapped in our token manager, which is one of our protocols. Um, and then this wrapped token is what the person receives. This wrapped token is non-transferable. You can't go, you can't sell it, you can't whatever. And it has a, a time-sensitive feature where after the duration is met, it automatically gets returned to the lister's wallet. And we have the option to automatically relist after on our platform. So let's say I have, you know, a, a, a dog NFT and I put it up for rent. The person, it'll clearly state this costs 0.1 Solana per day or per three days or whatever. So after the three days, the person will get it. It'll have, it'll be frozen in their wallet. They can go use it, do whatever they want with it, get in discords, play a game, etc. And after those three days are done, it'll automatically go from that wallet back to my wallet. And it'll be automatically relisted on our platform for rent again. So uh, th yeah, this is our, our most used protocol. It's the one we spend our most time on. It's probably the most useful as well. Uh, but that's that's how, in that case, the token managers use, yeah. And how would it work if something has daily yield, for example? Does it get yield? Does it get yielded to the borrower, or how is it exactly uh, going yeah, to work so, in practice? Yeah. So if you're asking if you could stake this after the fact, currently that's not supported. We are going back and forth on how we can. You know, get a solution for this. Like, for example, if you rented my same dog example, if you rented my dog and then wanted to go stake my dog, you wouldn't be able to do that. But we we are working on a fix for this um, to be able to let that happen. The, the issue with that is I, we, we don't know what's right in that situation. Like, I, I'd love to hear your take. Like, if, if you have a rented NFT, like, do you feel like you should be able to stake and get yield off of it? Or because like if you're just getting yield by holding it then I'm, it's some sort of airdrop mechanic right or yeah so that, that would be different um where, where in that case yeah we could just see that you're the one holding it and you could get airdrop that's fine but if you actually wanted to stake it after you rent it out i mean I, we, we also don't know what's right like who should be getting that the the renter or or the person that actually owns the nft the lister or, or we're not sure there yeah, I mean, you you might probably just want to offer two different options on the front end, on you know, for for the guy putting it on the marketplace where they can offer it and someone could freely stake and get the yield, or they could offer it in a way where the yield always comes to the original holder. Yeah, that's interesting because th then you get into the, the the whole scholarship model, right? Like, remember in Axie when you could rent out your Axies, and how the scholarship model works is whatever they earn using that same Axie, you'd get a percentage as the owner of the Axie, right? Like maybe we could look into like some sort of scholarship model using this technology. I, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's something we've thought a lot about and we don't have a right answer for this. So um, I wish I could give you a solution, but I, I, I don't have a, an, an actual solution we're implementing yet. Would it also be possible for someone to rent an NFT, to, to rent out an NFT which is currently still vested. Uh, no, because the vested NFTs are are locked. They're 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 frozen. They would they can't be transferred. They can't be put up anywhere. No, that that, that cannot happen. Okay, so in the case of uh, NFTs getting vested, it also would mean, um, let's say it's an NFT which grants access to a server, and a person has one NFT vested, 
during the vesting period, they also don't have access to the server or do they get the benefits of the utility? Yeah, they, they, they have. So, so it will live in your wallet. You have it. It's there. You can get into your server. You can get into anything you want. You, like if you need to go on a website that's token gated by that NFT, like you need to have the NFT to get on. Yeah, you'd be able to get on. The only thing you can't do is transfer that or sell it or you can't do anything. It's just it's frozen in there. Like it's you can't okay. do anything until the time runs out, like whatever the vesting period is. Right. Until it gets unlocked. Yes. And the next question is, if the NFTs are wrapped and are therefore not transferable, sellable, could you not use this technique? i.e. integrated into a wallet to protect nfts from scams in general yeah you actually can that's a very good question um so we don't have a ui built for this we, we've thought about this internally but like um let's say you wanted to uh, go to an event that is gated by uh, an nft right uh let's say like i don't know you go to like a restaurant and the only way to get in is through this nft but this nft costs me a lot of money and i would hate to just go with my hot wallet in there and, and scan and God knows what happens, right? Uh, yeah, if, if you have some sort of, you know, ledger or cold wallet, you can rent it out to your hot wallet. That way it's frozen and locked in there. So no matter what happens, no matter what scam happens, that will not be transferred. Uh, and after the fact, it'll automatically get returned to your original cold wallet. So yeah, we, we, we should probably make a UI for this so people can use this rather easily. Uh, but but a, a, use case, a, a workaround for this is, you create a private rental on a rental platform, rent it to yourself for free, uh, and you could actually make this happen. So yeah, that, that's actually a pretty cool question. Good, whoever thought about that. Yeah, his name is uh, Vost Power. <laughs> yeah, 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 we've, yeah. we've talked about this a lot. There's actually a few people that do this currently uh, with, with, our, with our solution. So yeah, pretty, pretty cool. And so I want to be respectful of your time. How much longer uh, can we go on? Because we have a... a a couple of questions lined up still. Yeah, no, no, you're good. Um, the rest of my team is taking the other call. So, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, fantastic. Um, so the next question would be: Solana has suffered from some network outages over the past year. Can further network failures lead to problems with the time-based expiration, or will they simply be carried out later when the network is back online? Yep, like uh, so. So the internal clock will will make it happen. Like there's, we've actually had. Because of Solana and, and the network failures, we actually have not had any issues ourselves. So, no, that, that's totally fine. Okay. Do you see a use case of your project within the real estate market? And then in, in, in brackets, NFT giving ownership with time-based expiration of the rental time, for example. Yeah, so, so we've thought about this. Um, th there's a few people trying to tackle this. The issue is like dealing with IRL, properties like it's 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 a little tough because yeah i i can i can essentially assign a token to something that's irl but like i can just go to the house and do whatever right like um so 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 i, I don't know if we're there where tokenizing irl items is is feasible um even in rentals like what am i going to rent like the key to like to an apartment or something or or like um like some sort of lockbox mechanism where I can have access to a property for a certain amount of time. Like all that stuff sounds good, but it's it's, it's, a, it's a lot more complicated than that, right? Um, eventually, I do think we reach a point where, where that can happen. Just um, the tokenization of this stuff when it comes to IRL things is, is, is a lot tougher than, than what it seems. And I think the world, the Web2 world, is also still behind on actually diving into the potential which the which the blockchain in general offers 
Sure. And, and we're and don't get me wrong. We're all about, you know, bringing our solutions into the real world. With, again, that's what drives us. That's, that's what motivates us. But um, something like that, we still feel is probably a ways away. So uh, may, maybe not for now, at least. Yeah. And I think people also have to understand that there's a risk of being too early with your ideas. So you also always have to be sure that you double down on what you can make happen today and what's relevant tomorrow before you work on something that's maybe five years old. Yeah, and, and, and like security is probably our biggest thing, right? Like, uh, yeah, contracts in, in theory are great, uh, but to make a really good contract that's usable by the masses, special, especially casual people that are not used to Web3 or crypto, uh, you, I mean, you got to invest a lot in security and auditing and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think we're still a long ways to go when it comes to that. Which are some of the biggest hurdles which you had to overcome while building Cardinal? Um, yeah, I, I guess just custom solutions. So how, how we build things is more building protocols and open, open source code where other people can go use it and build on top of. The issue is like, there aren't that many devs in the space that can just take, you know, our repos or whatever and go make something on top of it or go build utility for their project. Like a lot ask for help in some way, shape or form. Right. So at any given point in our discord, we have uh, so many tickets open, just trying to help people. Um, and, and, and I guess for us, if we want to scale and build faster and build more, uh, helping people probably isn't the best use of our time. But we still we still do it anyway. We find it a challenge, but we we still accommodate. Uh, we, we feel it's important. Uh, I, I we we also feel like, man, if, if people could just take it and go, that that'd be an ideal solution. But we understand that that's uh, that's wishful thinking sometimes. So um, it, it's not really a hurdle. It's just time consuming, if you will. Yes, no, I completely understand. And what would be the biggest hurdle which you see in the near future? Which you have to overcome together with your team. Yeah, so I, th I think this is something we all agree on. Um, making making solutions feel like they're native and not that you're using crypto or Web3. Like our, our ticketing solution, for example. Um, we're working with different projects now or companies now that still ask for Web2 things in a Web3 ticketing platform. Um, like, like asking for, you know, something as simple as name or email or something where I mean, you don't really need that. If the person has the NFT and they get into the event, like that's proving ownership right there, right? Like I, I probably don't need to know who the person is or what their name is, et cetera. But um, may, maybe that's what it takes to still onboard, you know, new users onto this platform is they're used to putting in their name or their email and claiming a ticket in their email as opposed to, you know, in their wallet, et cetera, et cetera. So I think for us, it's how can we make everything seem so normal quote unquote, where you don't feel like you're using crypto or blockchain for any of this. Um, and, and, and we've done that to an extent with our ticketing, right? Like if I went to a concert recently where, uh, again, a regular fun fact, the Bad Bunny concert, you mentioned Bad Bunny. Um, and I, <laughs> I, I scanned to get in, just normal. But uh, for us is how can we make it also where we scan to get in normal into an event? Um, so, so, so that's currently the things we're doing. Uh, we, we've gotten it there. We are, we are as close as you can be to doing that. Um, and, and there have been events that already use our platform and, and we have great reviews. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to continue to innovate. But as far as that's concerned, yeah, making everything seem as seamless and normal as possible for us. 
And when you make when you want to make the wallet obsolete on the front end at least, or not not bother new users with having the res- responsibility over a wallet, does that mean that you will use a custodial wallet in that case? Um no, but we've we've thought about what are the easiest. So, so for us, we want to make everything on chain, everything on chain, everything non custodial. Every that would be an ideal. That would be an ideal world, right? Um, we 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 know that some of those things are a little more challenging, and you know, sometimes not possible. Um, but but we're trying our hardest. So and 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 we really don't take no for an answer. So although something is hard, doesn't mean we're just going to take the shortcut and just make it. Let's just make you know a custodial wallet do this, or like let's take this off chain. No, we really want to make it the way it should be, um, which is which is often what we talk about in, in our in our internal chats in in here. So, um, no, no, I, I'd say no. Everything should be the way it should be on Web three. So, uh, and maybe I'm, I'm 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 drifting too far from the topic, but I'm, no, you're good. I mean, I mean, I'm interested in, uh, in in your take on this. How would it like? Do you expect people to get used to the idea of a wallet, or do you want to be able to polish the Web two front end so much that people don't really even notice using a wallet? Yeah. So so that, that for us, I'd love a solution where you know, people don't know that they're using a wallet or don't know that they're interacting with Solana or don't know that they're interacting on ETH or, or MetaMask, etc. For us, it'd be, you know, just go buy your ticket like a normal person, just like you've done for the, your whole life and go to your concert just like you've done your whole life and get in and, and go sit in your seat and enjoy the, 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 the talk. That'd be fantastic for us. Um, granted, there are some challenges considering this needs at times to go through a wallet like Phantom or whatever. And we, we've we've tried to make it as seamless and normal as possible. Like, I would love to go to my mom and be like, hey, mom, go buy this ticket and go to this concert. If she can do that, I know we've done our job, right? And and I also know that we're going to onboard a lot more users if we can make that happen. So as long as we keep that in the forefront with everything we build, uh, I, I think we can do what everyone is expecting. And that's to like onboard everyone. So um, that that's what we're focused on, yeah. So doubling down on that question, uh, there's, there's a, a question from one of the listeners right now, which is, what's your idea to get traditional gamers to use NFTs and learn about the technology? Sure. So, so we're not a gaming studio, right? So, so I, I don't think that's on our end, but, but I can give feedback to gaming studios trying this. Um, I, I think that the, the issue and why gaming still hasn't taken off here is, is twofold. One, Games take a long time to make. Like, like, let's just be honest. Like, a year into Solana, no one can tell me they have the next Call of Duty or the next Fortnite. That's impossible. <laughs> like, it just doesn't work like that. So, so when I see like games offering, oh yeah, we have the next first-person shooter. Eh, no, you don't. Like, it's just not going to happen. I'm still going to go play Valorant over you know whatever your shooter game is. Um, and then number two is make the game as fun as possible. Forget tokens. Forget. NFTs, forget everything. Like, just make it the funnest possible game you can possibly imagine. And now, once that's happened, cool. Now make the Fortnite skin an NFT, and and the market will create itself, right? Like Counter Strike, a long time ago, you just in the game, you win different boxes, you open the boxes, and you have skins. The marketplace came afterwards, right? Where 
people can buy and sell and get new skins if they want to, et cetera, et cetera. That's why it blew up, right? Essentially, Vitalik, when he was making you know, Ethereum and, and thought about this stuff, it was because of CSGO skins. So, so I think the same approach needs to be taken here. Create the best possible game. Afterwards, create some mechanism in the game. If you complete levels, et cetera, that you get different aesthetics in the game, whether that's skins or, or keys or access to different levels, et cetera, et cetera. And the marketplace will make itself. Um, I think people are now trying to make this whole play to earn thing too literal, where you actually have people working for you with your NFTs to make money in a game like that becomes very unsustainable in my in my eyes. How, how we see it is create NFTs, make it fun and the rest, uh, the public will figure out the rest. I, I think people try too hard here. I agree wholeheartedly. And you, you have no idea how, my, how many times I've read that statement. We have the next triple A shooter rpg or whatever i mean it's at this point in time it's, it's just crazy it's crazy <laughs> outrageous that there's so many you know there's so many gaming studios who never existed like three uh, six months ago and the team has no background at all in developing games and then you have those gaming studios who failed in the web 2 world and who now go into web 3 and promise the next big hit but all of that is i mean uh difficult to digest let's put it this way yeah it's 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 not as easy as people think it is um and, and then the worst part is like there's people buying these nfts thinking they do have the next you know runescape waiting like i mean it's, it's not that easy like those games took many many years like you can't build world of Warcraft in one year like that doesn't happen it's it takes big teams big funding big everything to do this and 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 yeah i'm i'm, I'm with you and also they did have it easier because they didn't have to consider the economics of every single player being a stakeholder in the entire economy of the game. That that makes it just more difficult. So now people expect, okay, uh, a much less experienced team with less funding can pull that off. I mean, it, people really have to get their expectations right, in my opinion. Yeah, just just be be more. Ed I think when we talk about education, it's educating on what it takes to run a business because. Uh, um, yeah, a lot of users in this space uh, maybe haven't run a business, which is okay. That's totally fine. Uh, but at least understanding how it works so you don't fall for, you know, companies promising the world, I, I think could go a long way. Okay, you gave me the perfect segue for a question, which I already had lined up for, for quite some time here, uh, but didn't have the right context to dive into it. Um, the question is from uh, Scorsi, and he's asking, can you share any specifics about the company you exited and results you achieved there. Yeah, for sure. So I've been in the sports world actually for it was almost ten years, about eight years. Um, and we created an optimizer that makes you so. So in order in order to explain this in easy terms, um, so a professional sports better instead of putting one bet for a thousand dollars, they rather put a hundred bets for ten dollars, right? Each that way they could diversify a little bit more. Um, so since sports betting on online took off, I created an optimizer which can help you do this in a matter of seconds. All you have to do is import projections. And that optimizer became one of the biggest, if not the biggest optimizer uh, used in that space. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, that's very interesting. Thank you. Yeah. Let me just read through some of the live questions which you have got. Uh, we have uh, more prepared uh, up front, but give me one moment. Yeah, yeah, no worries. I can go for maybe 15 more minutes. I have a hard stop at 3.30, my time. Okay. So I, I don't know what time yes. you are. <laughs> That's about uh, 20 minutes. Okay, I'm six hours ahead. 
Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, where are you currently at, by the way? I'm in Miami, so I'm in oh, cool. Florida. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Um, okay, let's jump back into the prepared questions. And by the way, all of those questions have been prepared by the community. None of them have been uh, prepared by me. Oh, wow, that's uh, awesome. Except, except a few spontaneous ones, but the community... <laughs> That's that's so kind. You guys are great. The next question is, what are your revenue streams? 3% NFT rental fee and 50 sold for staking pool setup. Uh, so first of all, I'll, I'll preface by saying uh, everything is free if you just want to use it on your own, right? You could just, everything is open source, so you can just take it and use it. Um, number number two, uh, so, so for example, on, on our staking the 50 soul white glove services that if you don't have a dev that can set this up for you, we can do it for a one-time fee, right? Um, if you have a dev on your team that could just implement our, our repos, perfectly fine. Go go use it. You can make your staking pool, have your project stake, and, and you're good to go. You don't have to pay us anything. Um, now, how we make money off that as well, too, is when you claim uh, reward or unstake, there's a... a, a closing of the of the accounts fee that we take it's very very minimal it's like 0. 0.002 or something um and, and that's how that's how we make money it's 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 very minimal micro fees similar to the uh and anytime you use a token manager but in the rental platform we also still pay creator fees which is our royalties which is another big uh, topic uh we can maybe dive into that uh yeah when, when you when you rent that price, we take 3% and the creator or the project or whoever created the NFT also takes 3%. Uh, so yeah, those are our main ways of, of revenue for now. But I imagine your focus right now is not to make money, but to grow. Correct. Usage of the protocol. Um, as the protocol grows and there's more volume, we make more money. So it's, it's all in line. For now, it is solely to just have more people using our protocols. Yeah. It's it's good to hear that by coincidence aligns exactly with what NFTFI is doing, for example, as well, because they they also operate with very minor fees, and I think to get off the ground that that's really mandatory because you cannot start with the focus on the money before you even have the user base actually get enough traction for your um, platform to succeed. Yeah. So so everything just works off micro micro fees, just closing and opening of accounts, but. Um, if you ever need like custom work that are we need to spend you know our dev resources and bandwidth to help you, then then maybe we charge a fee there, like an upfront fifty sole cost for us to build the whole staking platform for you, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, thank you. How would you position Cardinal against Remark for a position of nested conditional and multi-resourced NFTs? Do you plan to expand to the idea of NFTs as a leak as a Lego? ecosystem nft owning another nft i don't think i'm familiar with remark um okay i i think this is uh, from what i know it's not on soul so for for soul we're the only ones that do this so there really isn't uh competition here but but i'm interested in learning more about them and how they do it on eth essentially when we when we um switch to a different chain if, if they are on eth i'm not sure i think they are but um when we do switch, I, I'd love to know what are the competitive advantages they have and how they've tackled this, and if we can better the solution, not really compete, but just make it better. Yes, thank you. Okay, let me just double check on the last few questions, uh, then we'll go through one more um, so that you have enough time for the next cool. meeting. 
Okay. Yeah, I think the best question is, what do you see as the key barriers that have to be solved before the new wave of NFTs 2.0, so to speak? Yeah, I think uh, ease of use. I, I mean, it has to be. Um, there, there's a lot of things that a traditional person just doesn't understand. When it comes to DeFi, they won't understand. When it comes to NFTs, they won't understand. When it comes to wallets, they won't understand. And even something like USDC or USDT or just like stable coins, like that's hard for someone to even understand. Even if you're, you know, an adult that, that is fully educated, like some of these things are just, it's like a whole different world for some people. If we could make this as easy to understand, accepted everywhere in public, um, that would go a long way for, for adoption. I think now it's, it's too niche where either you know about this or you don't. And there really isn't in between. Like, you know, crypto exists, but you don't know anything about crypto. Or like, if you hear crypto, like you're mad or, 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 or like you don't want to know about crypto. You think it's a gamble or a scam or something. Like, there, there, there's still so much we can do to bridge. And I think that just deals with making things easy to use, easy to understand, that you don't even know you're using the blockchain. I think once we get there, yeah, adoption, adoption will be pretty easy. Do you see any similarities between when the internet came about and between the rise of blockchain? Yeah, 100%. I mean, in the beginning, it was just, oh, well, we don't need the internet or, or like that, that's not going to be, you know, here for, for to stay like that. How can we do things on a computer? It, it was just a bunch of, I wouldn't say FUD, but I, it was people just didn't accept it that easily where the first people that did say the Mark Cubans of the world, look at where they are today, right? So, yeah, I think if you're here, if you're accepting, if, if you're taking the time to learn and be familiar, by the time this becomes mainstream and, and you know, casuals are using it in their daily life without noticing, you're going to have not just one leg up, you'll, you'll be way ahead of the pack when, when it comes to this. And, and hopefully we'll be in those same situations that those early investors in the internet are. Yeah. Yes, I think everyone can agree with that. <laughs> All right. Manny, I want to thank you very much for your time today. It has been a pleasure talking to you and the community, just to give you some feedback from some of the, the live commentary which we received, the, the community really appreciates the way in which you responded to all those questions because you know some of them have been very technical and in-depth and uh, maybe also critical, but you really handled them uh, ex exceptionally well. And it's, it's very much appreciated to hear someone be so comfortable answering all those different questions and you really did an amazing job here thank you i think anytime there's an ama or, or some sort of space like that that's how it should be right um i, I love I, I welcome all questions i'd love to answer as honestly and openly as you know as i can and yeah if i, if I helped you guys uh, you know I'm, I'm happy i could right and thank you for doing this thank you for inviting us and we're always available in case you want to do this again yeah i think we do <laughs> all right manny thank you once again it has been a pleasure thank you very much for your time today and thank you guys for listening in it has been a pleasure to have you around and thank you very much to the vvb community for all of your upfront questions they they really really added greatly to the quality of the ama i wouldn't sound as smart as i did <laughs> without you guys questions <laughs> so uh, thank you once again it has been an absolute pleasure and a really exciting ama thank you manny Thank you, guys, and we will see you next time. Thank you. This recording has been prepared and made available by VVV. It is for informational purposes only and should not be considered a solicitation to sell, buy or subscribe to any financial instruments or products. VVV does not express any opinion as to the present or future price of any instrument mentioned in this recording. 
The information provided in this recording is believed to be valid and accurate on the date it is first published, but VVV, along with its directors, officers and employees, does not accept any liability for any loss arising from the use of this information as it may change in the future without notice. Any decision made by a party after listening to this recording shall be on the basis of its own research and not based on the information and opinions provided by VVV.